0: Well, if it's not painful enough to talk about another loss on Saturday that looked all too familiar, you're probably about to lose one of your better recruits uh, in this year's recruiting class. By now, you've probably heard the rumors, but Colton Vosick has uh, scrubbed the social medias of his, Instagram, Twitter. Parker, it just seems like at any point now or any minute, he's going to release some sort of an edit saying that he's decommitted from Oklahoma. And I'm guessing it's going to say decommitted from OU and immediately committed to Texas?
1: Is that kind of where you think it's headed? That is kind of where things appear to be headed, Tyler. And look, I I might just not talk for the rest of the show, and every time you try to kick it back to me, i am just play the soundbite of Marshawn Lynch saying, I'm here so I won't get fired." <laughs> Seriously. That's, that's about how I feel at this point. Uh,
0: we got to take care of some business first before we get into this Colton Vosick situation. And that, this is a true test to see if uh, Mike Steely is listening to the show or not. Oh, boy. Mike, you left your phone here in studio. I can't text you. I can't call you. So the only way that you're going to know that you left your phone here is probably hearing us talk about it. So I have, I have your phone and your uh, Pichos here in, stu- in studio. <laughs> Come back and get your uh, iPhone. It's uh, sitting right next to me. No, nah, I mean, th- this, this stinks, man. It, it's not necessarily a, a surprise to anyone that it feels like Colton Vosick is about to decommit. My question, Parker, is when did this thing really turn? Did it turn after the 49-0 loss to Texas and Dallas? Because we've been talking about this now for several weeks, but I'm just wondering like, when the big moment was that he kind of thought to himself, yeah, Texas is a very realistic possibility now.
1: It kind of felt like that 49-0 loss was where the seed was planted once again in his mind. Now, I it still felt like Oklahoma was in a pretty good position to be able to hold on to his commitment until probably last Tuesday or Wednesday, where we kind of start to got start to get the sense that he's not going to make it to campus yep. this weekend. It was telling. We and we said it on Friday, man. And he it was qui- telling. He quietly visited Texas last Tuesday. Uh, that didn't help. And so it was. It was probably midweek last week where I was. I was finally just to the point where. I I reconciled with the reality that this was likely going to happen. This was likely going to be the outcome, and now here we are on Monday, and it appears pretty inevitable.
0: Yeah, I I thought it would at least go into the December signing day, and there there he is. Mike came back for his phone. I hope he (laughs) not his feet shows, but uh, he got his phone. Good, glad. No, it just yeah, it's felt inevitable for a while, but I thought it was going to happen on the first signing period. And here we are now, Parker, in early November, talking about this. And this doesn't feel hey, like a situation to me where it can flip and it can flip back the other way. No. He's, no. he's signing
1: with UT. No, he'll be signing with UT if he does indeed flip here uh, in the days to come. And I, I, I will say this. I, I hope it's over quickly. That will be the silver lining of this for me if we don't yeah. have to spend the next month and a half talking about this situation. Well, hey,
0: Hayes Fawcett, he tweeted out something earlier, basically hinting like, oh, hey, Anthony Hill decommitting from A&M. That's a pretty big flip. It's flip season with more to come. So I, I'm going to guess that he's probably talking about Colton Fossick there, which you, both you and Brandon have been, uh, put in crystal balls for him to go to Texas now, right? Yeah. Oh, boy. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it. It stings, and I, I think everyone thought that this was going to happen, but now that the day is here, seemingly, it's uh, it it it, it really hurts. I mean, that's two decommits now in two consecutive weeks.
1: Yeah. But the difference is, I, one of them everybody just kind of looked at and said, okay, we'll get somebody else. The Caleb Spencer thing. Right. When Caleb Spencer decommitted, everybody collectively was just kind of like, all right, let's go get Damian Sanford. Yep. Now, with Colton Vosick out the window, the question becomes well, presumably out the window. I shouldn't act as though it's a foregone conclusion. It sure even feels it, that it, way. It, it, it does sure feel that way. And that's what I believe will happen. But if Colton Vosick is gone from this class here soon, where do you go if you're Oklahoma?
0: Because. You, well, you're going to have to go and not get. You're, you're not going to get as good of a player at that spot. And it no, means it means you've got to like we feel like OU's the leader for
1: Tasielia Akana. You've got to close on Tasielia Akana, Parker. You, yeah, you, you just you just have to. And even so, Akana is not the same player that Vosick sure. is. Yeah. Like, if you're talking about a player that's going to replicate the role that Vosick would have played at Oklahoma, I okay. I'll, I'll say this much. Here who, here's who that guy is that's still uncommitted, still out there on the open market, and that Oklahoma is somehow still in the mix for. Reuben Bain. You have got to throw the kitchen sink at Reuben Bain if you're Oklahoma and you lose the commitment from Bosick. Because I mean, it, it, now more than ever. Because, again, it, this all ties
0: back into what we saw on Saturday. What we saw on Saturday is a front seven and really a defensive line, Parker, that's, I don't know if there's another position group on the team that's further off than what this defensive line is right now. it's bad. I I mean, they need not just one guy or two guys. I mean, they need an influx of talent on the defensive line. I mean, they they are just so far behind of where they need to be. And not just talent-wise, like mentality-wise, dude. Like, that whole defensive line, like something's got to happen before next season. And, you know, I'm sitting there Saturday saying, man, this just shows the importance – of being able to land DJ Hicks in this recruiting cycle. But then I come to the realization, Parker, that as great as David Hicks would be, and David Hicks would be awesome, and I think that he would definitely play next year, you need a lot more than
1: David Hicks on this defensive line to solve some of the issues that you have up front. You're going to have to hit the portal and hit it hard. Because the harsh reality is, especially if Jalen Redman jumps the NFL, which I would say is a coin flip right now. I've had people tell me he's going, I've had people tell me he's staying. So I don't know. But... If you lose Jalen Redmond, uh, I'm still a big believer in Ethan Downs. I am. <laughs> Reggie Grimes, I don't know about. I'm not as sure about him. <laughs> but y- you need to replace, or rather demote, at least two or three starters on this defensive line next year. Because Jeffrey Johnson's gone. Jalen Redmond's gone. And with the way that Reggie Grimes has been playing, or hasn't been playing, and I guess you could say the same about Ethan Downs. Like Nobody should have... A locked and loaded starting job heading into next year on the defensive line. Sure. And PJ Jadabare, believe this, that's a guy that's going to come in and contend for playing time off the bat. Yeah. It's awesome to have him in the class. But again, Tyler, you need a lot more than one guy right now. And, and Peyton just kind of he, – he says
0: what I'm thinking right now on the text line. This is what's really scary to me, though, guys. If we can't bring in the recruits needed to turn it around, that's not good at all. Which, by the way, was good to see uh, – Good to see Peyton on Saturday, Chase in Orange County. It was cool. We, we saw so many of our out-of-state listeners on Saturday. Yeah, that, that, that was really fun. That was like the only good part of the day is seeing uh, loyal members of the ref army outside of the state of Oklahoma. But, yeah, I and, and, yes, they're going to attack the portal. But there's nothing about the portal that's a guarantee, Parker. And it's not like no. there's going to be 15 to 20 great defensive linemen in the portal at the end of the year. I mean, you're going to have to – you're probably going to be going after some guys that there's you know probably a reason why they're in the transfer portal. You just don't find first, second round draft picks at defensive line in the portal year in and year out.
1: So you're, I mean, but they 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 need help bad at that spot or those spots. I demote say. them all on front seven. Says one listener. We have two, yes, two sacks in conference play, ranked near the bottom of the country in rush D. We are that bad, and yet look, it's it's bad. I don't know how you can even try to sugarcoat it right now. It's bad. Uh Another listener in the 405 says, it appears that Vasek at least gave us the benefit of the doubt after the thrashing in the Cotton Bowl, but our play on the field since had made the inevitable flip even easier. And, yeah, look, that's a that's a pretty good encapsulation of the situation. Uh, Vasek didn't make a snap decision. Uh, he's been noodling on it for close to a month now. And if Texas is the direction that this thing goes. You,
0: which, which it's going
1: to be. Yeah. You, it's yeah. going to be. I hate to say it, but you can't fault the kid, right? He grew up a Texas fan, and things aren't great at Oklahoma right now. They're not. I get things from his perspective. In in the, in the 10 years prior to this season, Parker,
0: maybe you keep Colton Vosick on board because you're in contention for a Big 12 championship and a college football playoff berth normally at this time of the year. And th- this was always going to be a difficult recruitment just because of what you're facing with a yeah a, a kid that plays in Austin that grew up a Texas fan. Um, but this was, the, this was the wrong year to try to win that battle. And maybe you win it in previous years, but this was the wrong year to try to, it really to, try was. to win that it battle. It was
1: the wrong year. And Burley Boomer says, we get what we deserve. Vosick potentially flipping is just a consequence of our own performance. Got to do better on Saturdays.
0: An all-in from Vosick is 1,000 times better than a 50-50 Vosick, says the text line. And all-in from Akana. Uh, Uh, Yeah, yeah, sorry, sorry. An all-in from uh, Tassili Akana. Yes, it's better than a 50-50 from Vosick, yes. Um, It means you have to go to the portal and try to get some A&M kids this spring, text line, which, you know, OU's had a tough day uh, on the recruiting front. If there's a silver lining, um, it's not as bad as Texas A&M. Texas A&M just lost their uh, second highest rated commit today. And we're talking about OU needing defensive linemen. They do. A&M needs backers right now. And the number one linebacker in this class, Anthony Hill, just decommitted from A&M. And I'm guessing that he's probably going to end up signing with Texas.
1: I mean, Texas did did get a decommit today, but... Dang, man. Texas is doing things, Tyler. Texas is doing things. I think that's what makes all of this harder to swallow if you're an OU fan right now. It's because Texas is once again recruiting really well. Yeah, And yes, I do expect Anthony Hill to be a Longhorn. And I do expect that the bleeding will continue at a and And sure, OU's one of the schools that can very realistically benefit from that. But you know who else is? Texas. And they will. Would it be
0: awesome if we ended up with Hill and Hicks signing and Dindy in the portal? Uh I mean it would help quite a bit. I don't. Uh, I wouldn't uh, hold your breath though for Anthony. No,
1: Hill. I, I will say this right now, and I will go on record with it. I will be shocked and astonished if Anthony Hill is a Sooner. I think everyone would be right
0: now including Anthony Hill, would be shocked and astonished if he ends up in, uh, in Oklahoma sooner. All right, 405-651-3439. You guys are already killing it on the Air Coverage Solutions text line. We call this a reaction Monday. We're certainly reacting to all the news and, of course, the loss on Saturday, but we want you to sound off as well, so keep Keep putting those texts in. We'll get to as many as we can. We'll talk about the loss on Saturday, the Colton Vossick situation, even your daily David Hicks coming up next. Keep it locked right here on The Ref. The unedited version of this song by CeeLo Green is what everyone was listening to on the uh, drive home. I'm sure of it. (laughs) I'd play the unedited
1: version, but I don't want the FCC limo pulling up.
0: Locked in with McComas and Thune live on the ref. And the uh, ref army, they're listening all over the country on this reaction Monday. It's just like, let's just try to get through this thing together. Huntsville, Alabama. Portland, Oregon, Grand Rapids, Michigan, Rocky Hill, Connecticut, Cisco, Texas, Santa Fe, New Mexico, and our small Oklahoma town of the day. Walters, Oklahoma, is checking in from the southern part of the state. Just trying to get through all the tough news being dealt their way today. Yeah. Hmm. This is an L Monday. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, it, it really, it really is. And uh, you said it the first segment, and I think the text line really agreed with it. It's just like, all right, just do it, Colton Vossick. What, what are you waiting for? Put out the edit, the decommit, tweet, whatever you got to do. Like, let's just get this thing over with so we can we can move forward
1: here. It, and it, I, and it'll, I'm i of that group, soon. too. It'll all be over soon. That's the sense I get, at least.
0: Yeah, we'll see about it. Derek says, I think people are putting way too much emphasis on on on-field performance when it comes to recruiting. If that really was a high motivating factor, A&M wouldn't be five-star U. This is a Texas kid going to dad's school in his dream
1: school. Stop panicking. Which is fair. And we were all stunned, honestly. When Vosick committed to Oklahoma in the first place. We were like, whoa, this is one we were not expecting. That was the biggest surprise in a weekend full of
0: surprises. Uh, What was that in the month of... Was that in August when that big uh, visit weekend
1: happened? Uh, It was end of July. Okay. July 29th. But yeah, like we said it at the time, Colton Vosick was not a commitment that you were planning on getting if you were an Oklahoma fan. I mean, that was out of the blue. And so... You hate to say it, but it did always kind of feel like if Oklahoma were to stumble and Texas were to start playing better, that this might be on the table. And unfortunately, again, like you said, just the wrong year. If Colton Vosick's a class of 2022 kid, there's not a chance in the world he's going to Texas. Yeah, Absolutely not a chance. If he's a member of any class of the last 10 years, probably not a chance in the world. That he goes to Texas. But here we are in twenty twenty two. Texas is playing well enough. Oklahoma's playing worse than they have in Since twenty fourteen. Yeah. yeah.
0: And it is what it is. Text line Does OU still have Anthony Evans one hundred percent locked? Anthony Evans was at the Georgia Tennessee game on Saturday and uh it looked like he had a lot of fun.
1: Yeah, I look at this point I'm not gonna sit here and say, no, there's a zero percent chance Georgia flips Anthony Evans because Momentum in his recruiting, and momentum in recruiting is a real thing, and OU has the wrong kind of momentum right
0: now. And Georgia got to show a pretty good hand on and Georgia Saturday
1: beating the number one team in the country. Though. Yeah, yeah. So there's that. Um, right now, I do not believe that that's imminent. I don't. I, I, I can't confirm that Georgia is all of a sudden in a position to flip Anthony Evans now. When I when I get off the air, I'll certainly start looking into that a little bit more, if that's something people are legitimately worried about. But uh, Anthony Evans is a guy that behind the scenes has continually reaffirmed to Jackson Arnold, "Hey, I'm gonna be with Oklahoma next year. I'm gonna be at Oklahoma next year with you. I want to catch passes from you."
0: Nine one eight. It's why when you lost forty nine nothing to Texas, kids, look at the leadership and saw what I saw. OU made no effort in even trying to score in that game. They conceded defeats, no fight at all. I mean, look, I getting beat by your biggest rival and your biggest recruiting rival, 40, 49 nothing. I mean, you're going to feel the effects of that. And I think what we're talking about today is the single biggest effect of that is If you beat Texas, do you hold on to Colton Vosick? Well, you got a much better chance. But that 49-0 loss to the Horns, that really kind of... Um, Accelerated the, the thought process from him of, you know, may, maybe I need to stay home and play play for UT. Like I, when we're talking about this recruitment, I, that to me, I think is going to be the single biggest day of this in, this entire thing. And he witnessed that
1: in person. when you've grown up going to that game in Texas gear, and then for the first time in your life, you show up in OU gear, and you watch OU get clobbered 49 to nothing. yeah. I mean, naturally, you're going to take a step back and reevaluate things. And, again, Colton Vosick has visited Texas a lot more frequently than anyone realizes. And the Texas staff has never, never, never given up on attempting to flip him. And it's very interesting because, again, I've mentioned this repeatedly over the course of the last few months. The first thing I ever knew about Colton Vosick was that he wanted to get out. Out at Austin. Oh, we're talking about Oregon that, more yeah, than Texas. Yeah, at one and point that, that had a lot to do with the culture at Texas and how broken it was. I and I would say how broken it still is. I don't think right now six and three has completely absolved Texas of those issues, but it certainly made Texas more attractive in Vossick's eyes than maybe. It was fresh off the 5-7 and seven campaign in which they lost to an atrocious Kansas team, right? So, again, at this point, it is what it is. You move on. You try and figure out what the backup plan is, and there's a guy that's sitting out there uncommitted right now that had 29 sacks, 29 sacks as a junior last year to lead the entire nation. And that's Reuben Bain. Yeah. And right now, if you're Oklahoma, that is the dude whose phone you are blowing
0: up. Yeah, th- this doesn't single-handedly crater your entire class. You're still going to be a top-ten class, or at least I think they are. But this, this one hurts, no doubt. I mean, this one definitely hurts, even though we've been talking for several weeks now that this was a real possibility. Really, we've been talking about this being a real possibility since Saturday night of the OU-Texas game. And it finally happens today. And I... I is it a is it a coincidence at all that it happens after that loss against Baylor? Um, I don't know. Maybe he did take that visit to Texas on Tuesday. I guess that was supposed to be kept quiet, and now it's kind of known that that happened. But yeah, I, this this was trending in this direction for the past few weeks, is what it felt like. Uh, text line says is Texas playing well? They'll they'll more than likely finish seven and five, eight and four at best. They actually they're right there in the mix for the uh, conference championship game. TCU's going to be there, and then who they'll play, well, that's going to be Kansas State, Texas, or Baylor most likely. Because I think, right, Texas, K-State, and Baylor all sit with identical conference records right now. Yes. I think all three yes. of those have two, three conference, have two losses losses conference losses apiece. Yeah. yeah.
1: So Baylor's in the mix. Kansas State's definitely in the mix. So is Texas. Yeah, Kansas State, they have less of a path than Baylor and Texas. I think they need a couple other things to – fall their way and i think a lot of that has to do with the fact that they lost head to head against texas but uh yeah how bizarre is this man how bizarre is it that in 2022 the race for the big 12 looks like tcu's to lose and the three teams that are in contention that can still challenge them are baylor kansas state and texas wow zach says georgia would need a
0: quarterback to commit to increase the anthony evans flip chances yeah agree with that
1: I, I, I would tend to agree with that, but they'll get a quarterback. It's just a matter of who and when. Uh, Gunny Stutzman Army says, Anthony Hill Jr. decommitted from A&M. Did I hear? Yes, yes. you did. Yes, Gunny. That Where, happened. Where
0: is he going to uh, eventually sign? I, I would guess Texas at this point.
1: Yeah. As what
0: it, I, it did not start off with a great news day for Texas recruiting. They lost a four-star safety, uh, decommitted from UT, which I think he had been committed to Texas a for around time. a year. Yeah, right, right around a year. But since that, Texas has got some great news. Colton Vosick, nothing is official there, but, you know, he scrubbed his Twitter and Instagram, which really only became a thing, I feel like, after Kyler Murray did it. But that's without uh, you know publicly saying that, that's basically all you need to hear on where Colton Vosick stands with OU right now when you scrub the uh, Twitter and Instagram. So they got that good news, and then Anthony Hill decommitting from A&M, who... He had been committed to A&M since July. I guess he's going to visit Texas uh, this Saturday for that TCU game. Yeah. Is David Hicks going to be there as well? What, what uh, People
1: what? are saying that. I don't know where that came from. What
0: is the status with David Hicks and UT? Are they
1: going to have a chance at this? No, I, I have seen nothing uh, to confirm, and I cannot confirm, that he's going to Texas. Look, he's been talking to Texas. I know that for what that's worth. But I – if he visits Texas, then we can start to have that conversation. As of right now, I'm not really buying the whole DJ Hicks Texas thing. Insane hypothetical, says Brian and Tulsa. What if Hicks is
0: recruiting Hill to OU secretly and Bowen is also in it
1: as well? LOL, I'll shut up now. <laughs> Wouldn't that be nice? That'd that be a dream scenario. Get three defensive five stars to norman
0: they just need something good to happen man they really do i never before in this cycle have you needed a three-star commitment like you do now no one would be complaining about a three-star commitment at this point parker you just need to get back on the scoreboard however you can just get back on the scoreboard get some good news get some sort of positive momentum because what's it's 71 days now since their last commitment and See? that guy 71 uh, days ago we're talking about him and his Georgia visit this past weekend. Yeah, not great. Not good things.
1: Good things are not happening. But even with all that, you're still a top eight class. Yeah, it's okay. And you're pumping sunshine again, Tyler. That's but fine. That's true. And people don't need to lose sight of that. Is this class as good as it could have been or could be? No. But is it still a heck of a lot better class than most every other team in the nation has committed? Yes. Now, I, there, there are programs across the country right now who have gotten the double whammy. Right? They're not playing well, and they're not recruiting well. OU is still recruiting well, and I think they will recruit well down the stretch, especially if they can close this thing strong and at least finish 8-4. and four. I don't know how realistic that is right now. Things need to improve, but winning cures all ills, and if you can get back to winning— and you can, if you can get to a point where you generate some momentum down the stretch in November and you can get recruits feeling good about the direction of this program again, then maybe you have something as you get closer to National Signing Day. But there are going to be a lot of moving parts here down the stretch in this recruiting class, and we've been talking about it for months, how it always felt like November and December. We're going to bring some crazy, crazy twists and turns, yep. and we're already starting to see those.
0: Uh, a couple more. Texas will get all three of them you talking about their last three games? Um, because this person wants to bet lunch. I'll, I'll do that. Yeah, I'll, you're, you're on. Texas wins their last uh, final three games. I'll take the opposite side of that. No, 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 no. He, I think he
1: was saying Texas gets all three of them with reference to Hicks. Oh, yeah, I'll Hittle. definitely bet lunch yes. on that one. I, I, yes, yes,
0: yes, yes, I'm locked in on that. Uh, this text says we need more stripper monkeys. And I don't think I've ever <laughs> agreed with the text on the Air cover Solutions text line more than that. Stripper Monkeys will help this thing get turned around. It would be some positive momentum. It would be a win. It would be a win on the recruiting trail if you could if you could make that
1: happen. Texas, man. How they do this every year? I don't know. How do they recruit so well every single year?
0: Well, I mean, I think well, okay. I I
1: know one reason why. Yes. Yes. To a certain extent that question is rhetorical, but still, it remains somewhat
0: astonishing. A&M is now the 23rd ranked class. Just 11 commits. After losing Anthony Hill today, Um, things aren't good in Norman right now. Not going to try and tell you to to, to, uh, try and tell you otherwise, but um, it's real bad in College Station, real bad in College Station, especially after a 17-point loss to Florida at home on Saturday. So,
1: I guess the takeaway there is: it could be worse. It could be a lot worse. At least you're not Texas A&M right now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> That's about all you have at this point, Parker, but it's at least something, I guess. 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. More to come next here on Locked In. So, on Friday, Parker, there were two Power 5 programs since 2017 that had not played in a bowl game. Two Power 5 programs on Friday uh, since 2017 that haven't played in a bowl game. Well, one was Kansas. I was about to They're say. are in it now. The other one? University oh, of Nebraska. Nebraska. <laughs> yep, Nebraska. Yeah, that took me a second, but I was like, "Yep." Nebraska is now the only Power Five program since 2017 to have not played in a bowl game.
1: And I, do they got to win out to be bowl eligible? Uh, I'm sure. I think they, they're
0: three and six. They blew another lead on Saturday. They were up what ten nothing and a half yeah. against Minnesota,
1: and that is just like the epitome of dysfunction right now. Is that program?
0: If nothing else, this year. We'll always have Nebraska. We'll always have that trip to Lincoln. And the drive home from Omaha on Sunday where it was like, dang, it sure feels a little bit different around here now, doesn't it? Yeah, this ain't the same old, you know, soft defense, soft program anymore. Nope, you see what OU did in Nebraska on Saturday? Yeah, this team's good. Yeah, no, they will always have that that
1: day. Yeah, those 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 were not your daddy's Sooners. Just not in the way we all thought on that Sunday. Mm. Yeah, it just seems like so long
0: ago, man, because Saturday was just a loss that felt so familiar and it's just so frustrating Parker that whether it's Baylor this year, Kansas State this year, Baylor or excuse me, um Baylor last year or Kansas State several times before, it's almost if you want if you want to be the more physical team, if you want to out-physical OU and you make that decision, odds are likely is that you're going to be able to accomplish that. And th- these losses just look so familiar. The Baylor loss just felt so much like the Kansas State loss to me. Where offensively, you look at 35 points and say, well, they put up you know, 35 points, they should win, sure,
1: but there were still so many missed opportunities offensively. We have a listener on the text line that asked, will Peyton Bowen be in Austin on Saturday? Uh, that, that would be news to me, but here's what I, here's what I do know. Steve Sarkeesian... Went out to watch Peyton Bowen's game. Really? Last Thursday night. Interesting. Yes. Did Which you take is a helicopter? Bizarre. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Which is bizarre because Texas has never been in the running for Peyton Bowen. No. But they also offered his younger brother last week. And so, is this Sark just saying, hey, we're going to swing for the fences with everybody in this state? Yeah, I mean, he's probably saying, why not? Because
0: everyone else is confused about what's happening here. He takes a random visit to Oregon a few weeks ago. Sark's probably just saying, I'll take the chopper down the Denton and, you know, at least shoot my shot here. Maybe he watched him on ESPN2 a few Thursdays ago, saw what he can do as both a safety and a returner, and said, uh, I'll take my chances here. Why not?
1: It's just... I, I, I'm continuously baffled by it, Tyler how well Texas recruits. And like here here's the other half the the, the, the half the, the other half the, the other side of that coin that people don't talk about is how poorly Texas develops. Because they have recruited at an elite level for a decade plus
0: and have gotten nothing out of Especially it. Especially on the offensive line, um and really just defensively as a whole. They've put out some some good running backs and some good good skill players. I mean, I think kind of everyone for the most part puts out some pretty good skill players, some better than others, of course, but Offensive line and defensively, they've done a terrible job. Terrible job of exactly what you just said. Yeah. So, and but it doesn't stop them from getting top five classes
1: year so in and year out. You think, you think through it, though. Say Colton Vosick flips to Texas. Are you super worried about having to face him down the line? Because he's really talented, but that's also Texas. And that is a black hole for talent, man. And has been. They didn't have anybody drafted last year. Not a single player. Yep. So, I almost feel like you'd worry less about Colton Vosick if he flipped to Texas than if he flipped somewhere like, oh gosh, who are you going to play? on a Iowa State, basis Oklahoma
0: the new- State, Baylor. Baylor, that's who you'd be really afraid <laughs> of. Because Baylor, they don't get four- and five-star guys, but they sure do develop kids uh, defensively, don't they? They, they seemingly always have – like look at Siaki Ika. Do you remember what Siaki Ika – how many stars he had coming out of high school? I, I do not. I don't. Jalen Petrie was a really yeah. good player for them last year. Uh, Baylor develops. They figure out a way.
1: Yeah, by the oh, way. He needs to as well. Um, that was it – was, it was kind of the one thing we all talked about heading into that game on Saturday that you kind of worried about was how good Baylor was in the trenches and how experienced they were in the trenches on both sides. And <laughs> – that's how Baylor won the football game. They just dominated the point of attack. Yeah, they did. They did. Uh, let's see. John says, if
0: this recruiting class continues to fall apart, does OU consider making changes in its coordinators? I, I, I don't think uh, that we're going to see a massive overhaul this offseason. No, no, no. There no, may no. be one or two guys, but that's going to be – and that's a maybe, and
1: that's at the absolute most. Levy is going nowhere. They're not going to part ways with Levy you can and we've talked about this though you can foresee ted roof being the fall guy if things don't improve on defense sure and things are not improving on defense we have no reason to believe at this point that things will improve on defense so is ted roof one and done i think that's a conversation that we should we'll see what happens yeah. throughout the final 3 games of the season i mean they they can't even get lined up uh, right right now parker Okay, Siaki Ika was actually 138 in his class, but transferred in from LSU with Aranda. I did not realize that.
0: I didn't know he was that highly rated. Yeah. I just knew that dude was good. (laughs) BV needs to go to the portal and get the meanest, biggest D lineman in the country, no matter how much it costs. Well, who who is going to be the meanest, biggest defensive lineman in the country this offseason? And... In terms of meanest, yeah. I'd like some mean and some nasty up front on that defensive line, Parker, because they don't have anyone that is super physical. Remember that uh, video clip that was released this offseason of Miguel Chavis saying, if you're not violent, you're not going to play for me? Yep. I don't see anybody that's violent up front on their defensive line. You're not wrong. I, I don't see, and that's fine, and that's great, and that's a great audio clip, but Chavis, you don't have anyone that's violent playing on your defensive line. And the defense as a whole, man, I think you can probably say the same thing about them too. You know, if one thing goes wrong on a drive, Parker, if they give up a big play or, heck, give up a first down on a possession, it's almost like you can write it off and say, yeah, this drive's going to result in a
1: touchdown. You know what I sense, Tyler, and I'm going to say this, it might be controversial, and I can't, I can't put a finger on why this is or why it might be. It seems like they lack desire. That's what it feels like to me. Who wants to go make a play? Right. I don't know if any of the 11 guys on the field
0: do. I definitely buy into this program for so long has been solely reliant on the offense that it's kind of seeped into the walls of the program. Like, I definitely buy into that, that there's not the urgency – defensively that there needs to be because there's this, this attitude of, oh, well, we let up a touchdown. We'll just let the uh, offense save the day again for us. Like, you've got to flip that mentality if you want to be a championship program or it, 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 if this program wants to get better as we move forward here because they're, they're fine offensively this year, but they're not elite. Th- this offense isn't so elite that they can single-handedly carry them to a conference championship. Obviously, they, they've got four losses this year. They have got to flip their mentality as a program. And I don't know what the likelihood of that is, and I don't know how easy that is or how much time that takes, but defensively the mindset has got to change in a hurry.
1: It's, it's got to flip. We, uh, we had one listener say, Can we?" I think oh, OU should hire a violence coach. Uh, Burley Boomer says, I'm telling you what, I hit this $2 billion Powerball and we're going to throw some bags Let's go. at some
0: youngins. Let's go. Someone hit that Powerball. It, it wasn't like $1.3 billion. Is it over $2 billion now? Is that the number? I, I don't know.
1: I don't pay attention. To I don't things, either. But, uh, this listener says, I think a lot of these kids from the state of Texas, proud of where you're from, are confused and thinking that UT somehow represents them. They don't. UT isn't Texan. This isn't Earl Campbell's Austin, Texas. But you have to convince them of it that Texas may be a great state, but that's not UT. OU is a better fit. I think there's a, th- there is a lot of truth to that because... And the example I would point to in that capacity is Kobe McKenzie. Do you remember when he was committed to Texas for eight days? Uh, yes. Yeah?
0: Yes. And then talk trash on Texas, I think, after that. Yeah, and but I mean, that was... Immediately
1: after he flipped back. That was why he very, very, very briefly committed to Texas was because he had that Texan pride and he thought the best way to show it was to be a Texas Longhorn. And Brent Venables got to town and very quickly changed his mind, but... No, I think there's truth to that text. Uh, one more: this staff will get
0: nobody impactful in the portal. Hope I'm wrong. They have to be targeting and tampering now to do it. This is the same staff that wouldn't even talk top 100 players formally committed to Clemson because BV didn't want to hurt Dabo's feelings. Um, I well, I mean the the Jaron Canick situation happened. I mean, I, I know that you're talking about guys that were probably hopped in the portal from Clemson, but. I I think uh, we'll we'll see what happens in the portal. Do I expect them to get anyone to where we say, oh, wow, Parker, they got three or four dudes that they're going to be immediate impact play? Like, these are great football players they got in the portal. I I don't foresee that happening. That's hard for me to believe that that's going to be the case. They're going to have to – who you have on defense right now, I I know not everyone loves the personnel that you have, but – those are the guys you're going to have to develop next year if you want to be a whole lot better. Like I don't think that you're going to bring in 40 new defensive players and there's going to be eight new starters next year on the
1: defense yeah.
0: or 11 and new starters. Look,
1: you can't you can't only fight half the battle. And recruiting is half the battle. Development is the other half. You got to develop the guys that you do have right now if you want to start building back towards championship contention in Norman.
0: 405-651-3439 is the Air Comfort Solutions text line. Final segment of Locked In's coming up next. Final segment of Locked In with McComas and Thune. We are inside the Brown O'Haver Studios. You know and I totally forgot to do this hour and need to do right now. I need to give away uh, a set of tickets to tonight's OU Men's Hoops game against Sam Houston, uh, 7 p.m. You can catch that game on ESPN+. The first one to text us a reason for optimism, Parker. How about that? A reason for optimism uh, for OU recruiting. In this 2023 cycle, we'll uh, I'll, I'll I'll give away a uh, set of tickets to you. About okay. that, okay.
1: Four zero five six five one
0: thirty four thirty nine. Oh, you, Sam Houston men's hoops coming your way, seven p.m. tonight. So while we're waiting on that text to come in, Parker, let's give everyone a reason why it's not as totally bad as maybe as what it seems right now, and just everything the team
1: recruiting, just kind of everything going on with the program. I mean, you have to look at this in the greater context, which is – I, and I understand people's standards are very, very high. I understand Oklahoma is a blue blood program. But, again, you're looking at a top 10 recruiting class. You're looking at a recruiting class that's on par with what Muleshoe was doing every single year he was here in year one for this staff. Right? And so you weren't going to get to the mountaintop in one offseason even as much as people wanted to believe that would be the case. And it's about incremental growth. It's about consistently getting better. I know there are people on the text line right now already typing into their text boxes, well, we're not getting better, we're getting worse. And look, I get that. I understand that the play on the field has not been spectacular. But you have to be patient with these kinds of things. And we're going to keep preaching it because it's not going to become any less true. Patience is is critical especially with the advent of a new defensive scheme the likes of brent venables and the way that recruiting has fundamentally fundamentally changed in the nil era ou has done a tremendous job of identifying guys that aren't going to get distracted by the bag guys like jackson arnold and pj adabari and samuel Masigo. but as you get deeper and deeper into the cycle it becomes tougher and tougher to find those types of guys that are still uncommitted. Yep. All right. And so it's not going to be easy down the stretch for you on the recruiting trail. It's not. I'm going to sit I'm not going to sit here and act like it will be. But you got to trust this staff. You got to trust what they have done in the past and you got to trust that they will continue to do it at Oklahoma with that interlocking OU and U on their polos because I, I if you, can't put, if you can't find room in your heart to trust this staff right now, then I don't know what to tell you. That's kind of what it's contingent on. Sure. You have to trust that this staff knows what they're doing and that there's going to be a positive outcome in all of this.
0: By the way, Zach Erickson is our winner, and he just said Jackson Jackson Arnold. <laughs> that That's it. And, and yes, um, yeah, that boy good. you still got a five-star quarterback in this class, no matter who decommits. And we've had some texts today saying, well, are you guys worried at all about Jackson Arnold decommitting? I mean, none. None whatsoever. Jackson Arnold will be in Oklahoma sooner on signing day. Yes. Now, I, I can't sit here and definitively tell you that for every single guy that's currently committed right now, and that would include Colton Vosick, so I'm definitely not doing that, but I, I can with Jackson Arnold. Jackson Arnold, I-, I feel very, very strongly that he will play quarterback at OE. I-, I don't know if he's going to play next year. He may play next year. But he'll be on the roster next
1: season. Hey, hey listen. <laughs> you think there are other schools that haven't been pushing real hard to flip Jackson Arnold? Sure, there have. I promise you there have. You know why you haven't heard a whisper of it? It's because Jackson Arnold isn't freaking interested. Jackson Arnold's going to be a Sooner. That's that. Yeah. Now he'll. If-, if nothing else... You know you have arguably the best quarterback in the nation, solidly committed to your institution. I wonder
0: if we start seeing um, offers, because we saw, what, last week, a decent amount of offers were were thrown out from guys that we haven't really talked about all that much. It'll be interesting to see this week, Parker, whenever Colton Vosick officially announces his decommitment, what offers are thrown out there immediately after. Because – those things tend to pop up on social media once the offers are extended out. So we'll, we'll see what their plan is uh, to replace Colton Vosick in this recruiting class. It'll be an interesting month. Yeah, that, no, no doubt. That, it, it, we, at the very least, can assert that that is the case. That'll do it for Parker. The Rush is coming up next. Keep it locked on the ref. for the the suitor fans.